so glad you guys are here. If it's your first time, I want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Pastor Jake, but tonight you're not going to be hearing from me. Uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight. He's a, a great friend of mine. He's a great friend of our church, this house. He's a mentor of mine. He's been doing ministry for uh, probably uh, longer than every one of us has been alive. Uh, he travels around the country uh, speaking to young people. He is the, uh, he's the most boring communicator you've ever heard, but tonight, bear with him. I'm just kidding. He's probably the funniest. The Italian stallion. Give it up for Randy Don Giovanni. Come on, Randy. Yo, how you doing? How's Adrian, huh? Every time somebody does that, I have this voice that's like Jerry Lewis on crack. Hey, man. And, uh. I can't do that. How you doing? That was my father-in-law. When I first met my father-in-law, he was like, how you doing? I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him. I was so young. I was like, I'm doing real. You know, he couldn't come out. I was nervous being with his daughter. I, um, Michelle, thank you. I, uh, I want to say this. I felt that in my spirit. There's something that's taking place. I don't even know why I'm sitting, but I kind of like that. It's nice and this is the first time I've ever been honored at a small table. Usually, usually they're like this, but this is really beautiful, um, and I'm going to take a couple minutes, and I'm going to hit my watch so I can let you out by 9.30, um, and now some of you are like, look, are you looking? Some of y'all are like, what? Stop it. 10 o'clock. And so, um, <laughs> I, but I, I, I'm so impressed by the work I don't call it a job. I, by the work of the Holy Spirit and by the work of how God has placed Jake, Pastor Jake in this place, I, I'm so impressed, not just by the numbers, but by the Spirit. Let me say this to you. I, 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 I have, this is an oxymoron. This is kind of like I'm, I'm backtracking on something, but it's the truth. I thank God for worship. I mean, wonderful, wonderful worship, but sometimes we'll worship worship more than we will the King. And, and I want to say tonight, though, and I always say that worship doesn't bring me to the house of God. The, how, the, the word of God brings me to the house of God, and worship is a great vehicle to get me to the throne, okay? But if I, wasn't, if I was a person looking and searching, I would totally come for just the worship. See, I told you that doesn't make sense, but that's what, because your worship is I extraordinary. It's like, it, this is the, one of the best worships Come on, you guys are spoiled. I don't, I don't know if you know what you have until you don't have it. Let me say this to you. I travel all over the country. Listen, when it's a banjo and a mouth harp, you're praying to God you were at Res Life. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, I've been to those. I've been to those with, with young people that are looking at me like, you're going to have to bring it because we don't have it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so... I just want to tell you, that's just a little intro that you guys are spoiled. Let me say this to you. You're spoiled if you have no idea how to ever worship before. And I understand we have other people that walk from the other side of the track. Like, in other words, you come from different religions and backgrounds and the Baptist, the Methodist, Lutheran, the, the Catholic Church, whatever it is. And some of you might be dumbfounded, but like, <laughs> we've never done that. See, people think church has to be this boring thing, but I got news for you. This is just a building. You're the church. 
So either you're going to be boring or you're going to be extravagant in what you do. And I got to tell you the truth, man, I don't care what people think of me. I'm extravagant where I go because I like to stop traffic. I like to mess people up. I like to ask the questions. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to blame you for me not being able to pay my bill. I'm just saying, and millennials today, you guys are getting the wrong rap. You're getting the wrong rap. People think you're just arrogant, stupid, and selfish. I'm just telling you what I know. I hear it. Our culture has dumbed you down like you have no rights and you have no voice. And, you know, some of you have come out of the hard track. Some of you have come out of the disrespect track. Like you saw pastor abuse. You saw mom and dad abuse. You saw different things. Come on now. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden you were raised in, the, in, the, in the, some of the what I call spiritual stupidity because it is. It's selfishness. And we were raised in that. Listen, I didn't have that. I was raised by a Holy Ghost mother. But I had a hell of a father. He just cursed. No, I didn't. I'm trying to tell you, some of you are there. Some of you, the parents are the problem we had. But you can no longer blame your parents because you're at an age now of accountability that there's somebody watching you. And it might be younger siblings or it might be somebody that's a friend of yours living with you or living near you that's watching your spirit. And if you're not driven by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're miss- you have no idea what that just was. Like y'all like maybe just like, it was fun. <laughs> like some of you might think it was just a concert. Listen, this isn't even my preaching. I'm just telling you tonight, I am so turned on by the power of God in this place that it is really, and it's not that it's changed, but it's been transformed. There's a transformation that's taking place in this house. And it's not the moms and dads on a Sunday morning, kumbaya and thank you, Jesus, with the biggest screen I've ever seen in my life at a church. But I'm talking about is you being able to get up not only on a Thursday but on a Sunday morning to give praise to your God, to walk in your class to give praise to your God, to get outside this place to give praise to God. See, you're called to a marketplace. You're called to a job in a situation where you can't hold Jesus in a bottle. I just watched Aladdin the other night. How many of you ever have you seen Aladdin? I have an autistic niece, okay, and she's 23 years old, but she's really about three. It's non-speaking, probably borderline Tourette stuff. I always know when I'm preaching somewhere, man, when she's there. I'm like, God says, I'm like, there's my Rebecca. She goes to this church. We all kind of go to this church now. When I'm in town, I'm here. When I'm not, I'm somewhere else, okay? Duh. Some of y'all like, I think I've got that. <laughs> but let me say this to you. I, I want to talk to you about the power of mobilization. And when I was watching this movie, see, I can go back to this because I'm ADD, ADHD and all that stuff. I'm ESPN. I got it all going on, okay? <laughs> when I'm watching Aladdin, I'm watching that the power came out of the canister. What do you call it? Lantern, yeah, okay, whatever. It was gold, it was nice. And all you had to do was rub it, and it came out, and all of a sudden, there's, there he is, Will Smith. Bad mamma jamma, too, dude. Like, I seen him pumping everything on, his muscles are getting, he's, he's with the big bar. Come on, man, how many seen, how many seen Aladdin? Okay, you, some of you don't want to admit it, you're like, I want to admit it, man. I'm admitting it. I, I was there, and I watched this, and I watched the power in the genie. 
See, some of you are still trying to rub this. Not that one. That's kind of look like me on non-steroids. I... But there's power. There's power. And some of you are still trying to rub this lantern or this lamp. Some of you are still trying to conjure up like, oh, there's got to be something else. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is the whole thing and the premise of what I'm preaching. There is only one Jesus, the only Jesus, the only way, the right way. There is no other way. There's nothing ever going to be created that's ever going to get you somewhere else. You're never going to see kingdom. You will never see heaven. That's not what we've been told. You will never see heaven, Oprah Winfrey. You will never have many avenues to kingdom there's only one way one truth one life and his name is Jesus Christ period so you can rub all you want to rub you can do whatever you want to do you can say oh no that's wrong it's wrong theology well I don't know what you've been reading because you've been reading something else than the word of God because this Bible will set you free. Bibles, see, this is where we're torn today. And some of you, this is why you've been manipulated in your lives that there is no Jesus, there is no God. But you come. You come. And you're here. And some of you are sitting here in all your stuff. You don't care to hear about gospel because you're in your stuff. I want somebody to help me with my stuff. Well, anyway, somebody's going to help you with your stuff is for you to finally release your stuff. I don't know any other way to preach. I'm not trying to offend nobody. I'm just trying to say that you hold on to your junk like, like, like you're, you're going to fix it. You can't even fix a tire. You know how many donuts I see on cars? Lazy people. I preach in inner cities. You should see the Cadillacs. They got three donuts on their car. I said to one guy, what's up? He said, can't afford tires. I stole the other two donuts. I'm just trying to tell you, people lazy, man. People lazy. Come on now. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you don't want to get up. You don't know. Come on, man. Don't lie. Man, gospel's the truth, man. It'll set you free. The title's message really is the power of mobilization. Jesus started with the power. God started with the power. The Holy Spirit started with the power of mobilization. Mobilization when he created this world. God creates a world. And I love your song. Oh, my gosh. I love what you created. I don't know where she's at right now. She's hiding somewhere. But what you wrote was amazing. It's amazing because it's creation. And God says that I am finished. It's good. Everything's made. And then he sends this man named Jesus. And then Jesus dies. And he sends this man called the Holy Spirit to mobilize us. The Trinity, the three in one, it was all not about the one. God says, I'm not satisfied, it's me. So I'm going to create Jesus. Because if you read Old Testament, which people don't want to read anymore, there's a lot of killing going on there. There's a lot of nations destroyed there. Why? Because God's like, had enough. <laughs> God, I can't find anybody. No problem. You know what I'm going to do? I'm wiping them out. 17 zillion people. God, I don't like what you've done. I think I'll cause a flood. Now we found out the ark is in Kentucky. I don't understand this stuff. I don't know. I, I'm saying I, I, I want to go see it. But uh, 
He builds a boat. People get on. You can't get on. You're out. What do you mean? You're out. You're not serving God. Wipes them out. Drowns them. Come on now. Creation is incredible. But what God says is it's not just about me. It's about me duplicating me. And see, let me say this to you. I'm going to say this phrase to you, and I want you to get this. It's one thing to be in Christ. I have all people all over the world. I have Buddhist friends. I have people that are Muslim friends and, 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 and Jewish friends, and they're all like, hey, you know, I'm in Christ. But it's another thing to have Christ in you. See, let me say this to you. Everybody's in Christ. I can do all things through Christ's strength. But it's another thing to know that Christ is in you, that you can touch the sick, you can touch the blind, you can heal the lame. Come on, somebody. It's about mobilization. And the reason why some of you don't get excited because you're stuck in you. And when you're stuck in you, you, you are not moving because you don't understand the power that you can have in you. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ, not through me, not through my fantasy football. <laughs> Mobilization is this. It's a process of making something capable of movement or to have people and resources ready to move or act. Oh, my gosh. Having people and resources ready to move around. Moving people creatively, creating avenues of ministry, looking for the whosoever. See, I have never waited for my three sisters to move me in Jesus. I never waited for my pastor to move me in Jesus. I never waited for you with that cool-looking beard and that long hair, which I wish I had a couple strands, but I would probably do this and be like a cockatoo on something. Ain't going to happen, okay? Take me like seven years to grow it like three inches. I'm just telling you, bad. But it doesn't take that to mobilize me. Man, when I go to a restaurant and I see a struggling waitress or a waiter, I ask the question. I don't wait for somebody to trip and spill stuff over me. I'm going to stop at the traffic jam. Come on, somebody. I'm getting ready to preach here. I just want you to get this. I'm not going to hold you hostage tonight because some of you are like, how long is this going to be? <laughs> well, you just worship for like 35, 40 minutes. So I could preach for 45. Because the Bible says the word's more important than a worship. Now, wait a minute. I don't know what you read. But the Bible says the word sets me free. And who's the word? Jesus. He's the word. So he's in our worship and he's in our word. So it's another thing to be in Christ. It's another thing to have Christ in you, okay? Mobilization. So, so it's this. When, you know, when I, when I was in an age, I was younger, and I, I was dating. How many people remember dating in high school? How many? Some of you. Some of you aren't that far removed. <laughs> how many of you just graduated like a couple years ago, one or two years ago? Just don't be ashamed. Like, how many? Just put your hand up. Well, I'd like you to stand up because maybe there's a guy in here who might want to meet you. I'm just saying. No, 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 this ain't the dating game. <laughs> Most churches are, though. So anyways, I found my wife at the altar. <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but I stalked my wife. I mean, I dated my wife for a long time. I, uh... <laughs> I had, no, I literally did stalk her, man. It was bad. I was like, there she is. And uh, I, was I was coaching and teaching in college. Some of you know me. Some of you don't know me. Some of you are like, Pastor Jake, don't ever bring him back. It's fine. 
and it has been a long time, so it feels good. But I remember meeting my wife. I was uh, my second year of teaching and coaching. I just graduated college in Philadelphia. I was going for my master's in education. I did not want to preach. I did not want to do this. I was like, Lori, put me in a phys ed class. Let me break somebody's face and pray for him. And don't judge me. I'm just saying, okay? I was a wrestler. I was an all-state, all all-American soccer player. And so I had it going on. I knew what I was doing. Kicked somebody in the face with a soccer ball. Their face is like sideways. And I can say, I can help you. That's what I wanted to do. And God says, no, I'm called you to preach. And it's like, okay. And I kept running, kept running. I dated this young lady in high school. I thought I was going to get married to her. Uh, I dated her for two years. I was a freshman in college. She's a senior in high school. Her name was Lisa. I was like, man, this is it. My little Italian. I'm ready to go. Boom. My freshman year of college, she ripped my heart out, spit on it, trampled it, and said, I can't date you anymore. I was so devastated. Anybody ever been there? Oh, shut up. You're too young. I was hurt. I said, you know what, God? I'm tired. I, I want you to bring the young lady that I'm supposed to marry. I want you to bring her. So my father used to say to me, you know, you're, there's an MRS degree at the college you're going to. And I was like, MRS, MRS. Yeah, you're going to find a wife. You're going to marry her. And I'm thinking, <laughs> come on, man. What's wrong with you? And Lord, in my graduated college, they asked me to stay on. I was going for my master's. In my second year of coaching and teaching, coaching men's soccer, women's softball, I was teaching phys ed. And who jumped into my class from Long Island, New York, is my little girl. It was five years, man, and God says, this is time, and this is who she is. And I fell in love with a young lady named Lori. We'll be married 33 years in November. I don't say that to be like, oh, yeah, we made it, man. Because we really, two Italians together, <laughs> full-blooded, whoo. She works at Spectrum. My wife does more for ministry at the hospital than I could ever do. She worked in NICU. Now she works in PICU. Now she has her doctorate of nursing. She just finished her doctorate. So I got to call her Dr. Lori. And I got to go low voice on that because she told me to. <laughs> she makes money so I can play. But the Lord put us together. There's a method to what I'm saying here. The Lord put us together because of mobilization. Two are better than one. The Ecclesiastic says it this way. Here's a scripture for you. They do it a lot of weddings, sometimes not at weddings, but they should. And the Bible says, Ecclesiastic chapter 4, 9 through 12, it says this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And if one of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity on the one who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if you lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one may have overpow been overpowered, two can defeat themselves. But three, a strand of three, cannot be quickly broken. My wife and I realized, not only raised in the church of finding Jesus, we had to find our own avenues of Christ. Even though I was raised in the Italian church and went to the Assemblies of God and then went off to a Bible college, I had to find Christ who I was in the brokenness of my home. I was eight years old when my dad walked out. I was 11 and a half years old when I led my dad to Jesus. And he came home. And so I was purposed from a little, little age to preach the gospel of Jesus. But I was not afraid when my friends were drinking it, smoking it, choking it. See, we have a problem in our culture. We all talk about how we're serving Jesus Christ, but we're not sold out to Jesus. We're sold out to a bottle. We're sold out to a drug. We're sold out to a woman. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to tell you a lie. 
We're sold out to everything else, and that's why we have addicts, and that's why we have addictions, because sometimes we don't want to follow the master. And what his plan is, we think if we can help like dumb stuff down and I can suppress it, it will go away. It won't go away. It gets worse. That's the devil's playground. And so when I married my wife, I realized that I married the woman. I married a good thing. And when the two of us got together in the power of the Holy Spirit, there were three that mobilized. And so the power of mobilization was the strength. See, here's the other thing I want to tell you. Through the power of mobilization, since when has the word of God not been the word? You see, what happened to the word of God? What happened to the key to life? When we write, when did other, uh, reading other writing of books and other books, and I wrote a book myself, I know what I'm talking about, but when did that take the place of the word of God? When did we substitute? That's one of my points is we, we need to give people the Bible, the means to speak the word of God. It's the word of God that sets the captive free. It's not my words. My words hold people hostage. But God's word sets the captive free. But yet I've got to read this, and I've got to read this, and I've got to read this. And the Bible says if you would study the God's perfect system, GPS, you'll never lose your place in life. He will guide you with his perfect system, the GPS. He will guide you in the right direction. Some of you are searching. You're looking. Some of you have come home playing keyboards. God brought us home, man, set us free. Now we're using the, te- come on, somebody. I, <laughs> we hold ourselves hostage because we don't trust the word of God. You know why Michelle can say what she said? Is it Michelle? You know why Michelle can say what she said tonight? It's because she was driven from the word of God that says, speak. Somebody here needs to be saved. I'm just saying, it, it's not, listen, there's times where I don't want to do it. I'm just like, oh, God, I'm not doing that. I want you to say that. I'm like, I ain't saying that. I want people to like me. I don't want to hurt nobody. I'm too short. He said, but you're fast. I said, I know. But where's the exit? I'm just saying there's times that we have to say things that's going to offend somebody. And the offense of that should wake up your spirit. Listen, it's, the Bible says it's offensive. But listen, let me tell you something. We read everything else but the word of God. It says, I have written a book for those that have in here that have written books. God spoke to people to write, and he's given them the way. Look at Ezekiel, man. Anybody know what Ezekiel is? This prophet Ezekiel, this is crazy. He stands in this valley. How many people have ever heard of Ezekiel? I want you to read Ezekiel 37 sometimes. I preached it, I think, one time in here. It's amazing how a man stands in the valley of dry bones, and here's what God says. Hey, Ezekiel, what do you think can happen? He's like, oh, sovereign Lord. He's very respectful. Wait, he was standing there with him. The power and the presence of God is standing with Ezekiel. And he says, what do you think? And he's like, I I think there's a lot of deadness here. And there's a lot of dust and broken bones. But what do you think? Well, I think you can do what you do, God. He goes, I'll tell you what, Ezekiel, here's what he says. I'm giving you the power to speak it. Come on. It's one thing to be in Christ. There's another thing Christ in you. Because you know what? Around your tables, somebody's dying. And he's calling you to speak life at your tables. See, the power of mobilization is what are you doing outside this building? What are you doing with the word of God, the fruit of his spirit? How do you... 
Man, somebody said to me, don't you judge me. I said, let me tell you something. Keep your mouth shut, first of all. Second of all, I'm not judging you, but the fruit of your spirit is not there. What? The Bible says you can tell somebody's Christian by their love, right? That's what the Bible says. I didn't write this stuff. But you know what the fruit of the spirit is? The fruit of the spirit is like, listen, friend, we've been friends for a long time, but you're dumb. What do you mean? Well, you're not getting it, man. We've been to church, to church, to church, and you're asking God for healing. You're asking God for more money. You're asking God for this and that. You're asking God for everything for you. But what are you doing outside of you? How do you mobilize you to quit thinking selfish about you? Well, my husband doesn't understand. He doesn't understand to meet my needs. Let me tell you something. My wife is not a needy person. Thank you, Jesus. You know, all my wife needs is for me to say, let me tell you something, baby. You're awesome. You're the best. You're, you're, you're created for this day. Get out there and make us some money. Go. And my wife's like, you know, I, every morning, every morning she gets up. She's gone to my 6 o'clock. I'm standing in the doorway. I'm kind of helping her get out the driveway. Oh, man, she backs out of the, the garage crooked every time. I'm like, babe, just go straight. She's going, I'm going, no, it's that way. It's every morning. Don't matter. She comes in straight. She goes out sideways. I don't even know how it happens. But I'm like, you got this. You can do this. And I watch her spirit well up. And I watch her going, I can do this. Because she goes to the hospital, a pediatric ICU. And she's in there, the NICU. And she's, she's trying to do something for the cause of God that gifted her to be able to find that, IV, to find that vein in that little baby one pound. How do you find that vein in that? But she's gifted of God. It's all it takes is the power of the words of your mouth that comes from the word of God to inspire another person to change their generation for Jesus. And God's called you right now. Your parents are not going to do it. Your brother and sister younger, they're going to do it if you don't. So why don't, you've been past the baton. It's time to run. Some of y'all been waiting for somebody. Oh, you know, you don't understand my place. Shut up. No, I'm seriously. Stop that. I don't have to understand your place. You have to understand your place. See, you don't get your place, so you're blaming somebody else of why you're there. It'll be a year, probably, since I come back. I'm just trying to motivate you to get out of you. Because the problem with you is you blame everybody else for you. I'm like this because my dad's like this. No, you're like this because you chose to be like this. Listen, my dad was an alcoholic. My dad was crazy. My dad was, my gosh. My sisters have a whole different perspective. Oh, our dad was wonderful. I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> to you. I was the only boy, man. I was an idiot, stupid, dumb. Mm. It came out. My mother was the Holy Spirit. No, brother, let me tell you something, son. You can, you will, and you're going to. Now get out there. My mother was the Holy Spirit in spirit and flesh. She came to me, and she's the one that drove me, and that's why I'm a driver. I get tired of lazy people blaming somebody else for relationship, somebody else for finances. God says if you study my word, if you breathe my word, I'm in you, buddy. I'll come out of you. I will come out of you through somebody else, into somebody else if you trust me. The Bible says, preach the word, be prepared in season, out of season, to correct, to rebuke, to encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Number two is we must demonstrate God's love by cooperating together. God is calling us to reach the whosoever. So it is not time about me anymore. It's time about you. 
Listen, I'm old. I, I just turned six in January. Sixty in six. six. <laughs> I'm six. I talk like it sometimes. I'm still in those puberty ages, man. <laughs> 60 in January. I got news for you. I'm not stopping. I know that God, I asked God for another 10 years on the field. God, you gave me 10. Can I have another 10? I served four different churches in 27 years of ministry, youth ministry. I really, I felt it was the best youth pastor in the entire nation. That's how I drove people. I was at First Assembly for eight years. When I left in 09, God pushed me to a different position. I was at Rockford Res for three years. I was at Rockford Res just doing my thing, you know, helping God in the kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And God said, that's enough. I got to put you on the road. And so being on the road, I look for people. I look for the least of these. I look for the whosoever's because that's what Matthew chapter 25 is. And when you do that, the Bible says this, I tell you the truth, Matthew 25, 40, whatever you did for the least of these of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I'm thinking, God, I'm all about you. It's no longer about Randy Don. See, Don Giovanni can't even carry it anymore. Somebody said to me last week, why don't you use Don Giovanni? I said, why don't you use Don Giovanni's Dino? I was like, what? Why don't you use Don Gemini? What? Well, that's your name. I'm like, no, it's not. And that's why I don't use it. It's Don Giovanni. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Yeah, I'd like to slap you. How many people know what I'm talking about? See, people look at you, your friends look at you. When you start to get real with God, they'll say stuff like this. Oh, okay, now you're getting spiritual. Come on now. Oh, okay, no longer, you don't drink anymore, we don't go to the bar anymore, which there's more breweries right now than being raised up, we'll have more than churches in about two years. There's a lot of wisdom there. But we're stuck in the breweries, we're stuck in our life, we're stuck with other people, we blame somebody else for our life, instead of confessing to God that I'm a sinner, I need you, Jesus, and I want to rescue somebody else because it's not about me anymore. That's Jesus. That's why he died. Listen, man, Jesus picked 12. He only needed two or three. Even out of the 12, how many were dysfunctional? No, they're not all of them, but at least three, maybe even four of them. We had some jockeying for who's the greater, who's the lesser. We had one jockeying about, I don't even know if I, is that you, Jesus? We had another one going, there he is. When I kiss him, there he is. Okay, there he is. Boom. Peter was radical. How many people are Peters? How many people understand Peter? Stinky, crazy. You know what? Pastor Jake, I'll do it. I'll hurt him. <laughs> Peters. Then we had Matthew. Give me your money. And all of a sudden Jesus says, pick it up and follow me. Okay, I'm with you. But he still had attitude. You got to read these guys, man. They still had attitude. Our positions and the place God puts us, and I only have a couple more minutes. In fact, I got one minute. I'm going to let you out of here. Is it right? Aren't you done by 8, 10? Well, I'm just, listen, I don't want to hurt. No, you guys say that. Then when, You'll say that. Then all of a sudden what happens, you'll say, listen, that old man ain't coming back. I'm like, okay. I just want you to get this. How you doing? I recognize you. I just want to get this. I want you to get this because I want you to get that it doesn't matter what you look like, your shape, your size, the hair you got. Man, that hair you got. I'm looking right at you too, dog. I ain't Lakers. I'm just saying. I'm not looking. No, girl, I'm not cockeyed. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at this guy. <laughs> You're like, yeah, okay, there you are. No, I ain't doing that. Okay? 
What I'm trying to say is, it doesn't matter the shape, the size, the hair, the muscle. It doesn't matter. What, what matters is there's going to be a day. You stand before the Almighty God. This is what the Bible says. I didn't make this up. And you could sing all you want. You can be all pure and you can and all your song. And the drummer was just off the charts tonight. I love the drums. Bass player is kicking it. Guitar players are going crazy. Singing group is, is incredible voices. But I'm going to say this. When we stand before God, it's not how you sang. It's not. It's not how you got your praise on. Because, see, a lot of you get your praise on. Oh, I felt it, man. It was moving me. The Bible says that. That those songs are going to stir your heart. It's like a good laughter. Some of you haven't laughed in a long time. That's why I said to God, God, I want to be a comedian, phys ed comedian guy. And he's like, yeah, I'll make a comedian. It's okay. You'll still preach. I'm like, (laughs) I just... I love it when people laugh. What I love about my wife the most is the way she laughs. I mean, it could be the stupidest thing. My nephews and nieces are like this. I have, ne- I have seen you guys argue, but I've never seen you fight. That's pretty cool. My wife and I can have an argument. Come on, somebody. We can have an argument. But not even in five minutes later, I'm like this. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's bad. I mean, we could have a bad thing. You know, it could be bad. It could be like, why did you buy a $5,000? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it would look good on the wall. <laughs> I've never done that, so don't go there, okay? <laughs> but, but what happens is we cannot stay mad. It's like because Christ is there. Listen, it's funny, but I mean, she'll look at me and I'll just be like, <laughs> she'll be like, don't do that. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not, stop. And then she's like, ah! it's, it's awesome. And then we, we go to bed, we go to bed because I'm allowed and I, I have a marriage license for this. And we go to bed and it's not all about sex either. Some of y'all are like, man, dude. <laughs> that is the stupidest cockamamie lie of the devil. Sex will create, fix everything. <laughs> when you're done having sex, it's just like, you know what, I'm still mad at you. <laughs> That's what people do. Come on now, I'm just, come, can we be real? It doesn't fix things. It's great for the moment, it's great for the moments, it's great for the time, but it doesn't fix things because when you turn around, it's still staring at you. It's still staring at you. And until you turn on the lights from the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Bible says this, I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures, and then I'll stop. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling the people about it in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And the, when the Spirit gives us his power for evangelism to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Joel, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on every kind of people. You know what I like about that? Man, because I'm in every kind of people. It didn't say specific people, good-looking people, you know, people that are rich, people that are strong. It says, you know what? The Bible says, he talks about all the time, the least of these. I look for the underdog. I'm not always, listen, I was a sports addict. I'm a sports fanatic. Somebody, my wife just asked me a question. She said, they were asking a question online the other day. What are the two things that you could talk about for 30 minutes and nonstop? Two things. I said, God and sports. And then I had to think a second. I was like, wait a minute, God, uh, family, sports, okay. Because she was like this. 
I was like, God Sports. She said, I knew that. I knew that. I knew you were going to say God and Sports. But, you know, maybe family in there. I'm like, yeah, it's third. <laughs> I, I, come on. I'm being real with you, man. I'm a sports nut. I, every day I'm reading my word. I'm reading my ESPN. I'm looking at it, man. I tell my waitress, don't bother me for half an hour. I'll give you this when I need somebody. And, and she's like, okay, I know. They know now. Hey, Randy, here's a coffee. Here's a water. I'll be back in an hour. But Joel says this, the Old Testament says what the New Testament was prophesying, prophesying to the New Testament. It says, I will pour out my spirit, every kind of people, your sons, your daughter, it will prophesy your do- and your daughters, and your young men will see visions, the old men will dream dreams, and when the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me. So you want to know why you don't have power? Really, you want to know why you have problems? And we, everybody has problems, don't go there. I'm just saying... The reason why we have problems and we're still stuck in our problem, we're still stuck in our stupidity and craziness, really, and we blame everybody else, is because we're not filled with that spirit. I'm not talking about the power of speaking in tongues. That's not what this is talking about. I'm talking about the power when Jesus says, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. And I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to stand on the right hand of the Father. I'm going to be interceding for you. I'm going to be praying for you constantly. God says, I want to go. No, 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 God, God, not yet, not Wait, God, there's, there's, there's a 50 billion more. <laughs> Not yet, God. There's nations that haven't heard you. God, wait. And God's about to get off that throne. I'm telling you, we're in the last days. Trust me. Look at your culture. See, culture's dumbing you down. Not the word of God. Because the culture doesn't care about you. That's Satan's plan. Come on, you think you're the only culture that would be dumbed down? Look at your parents. I'm, just, I, I'm there. I could be some of your parents. I could be somebody's parent. I'm just telling you, at 60, I am probably somebody's grandparent, okay? But every generation, devils try to dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down. I'm trying to tell you that the Bible says, and when the Spirit comes upon those who serve men, both the women, they shall prophesy. And then the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 28, chapter 28. Now, I'll, I'll finish with this. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them, teaching them, teaching them to observe all that I have said. Ben, would you come? I just want to say this, the two things in closing. The Bible needs to still be our guide. And men and women, do we believe that our strength is in numbers, the power of mobilization, and do we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? See, some of you, I'll finish with this. Some of you, this is your lifeline, this wonderful tool. You see, some of you are itching right now because you could be on this. Some of you have withdrawals. Don't lie to me. Some of you are like, man, I want to see, man, I can't wait to get home and check my email. <laughs> check my faceless book. <laughs> my Instagrammy. I didn't get one like today. See, This is not your lifeline. This is not. It's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful gift. It navigates when your spirit of dumb dumb on you in college and you're like, hey, Siri, what's the problem? You know, and all of a sudden, my, hello. There's many a slip twixt the cup and the lip. I don't know what that was. She's trying to read my mind. But you would ask Siri more than you do God. Some of you ask Siri more than you do God. Come on, don't look at me and be mad at me because I could care less. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm being honest with you. 
Some of you would rather find it somewhere else, ask somebody else what their opinion is than what God's opinion is. You forget that you're wonderfully and fearfully made. You forget that you're made in the image of God Almighty. And instead of being in Christ, he needs to be in you. The power of mobilization, you're going to hear this next month of October, is how do I get from my table? How do I get myself? How do I get in groups? How do I do it in numbers of three? Remember, a steering of three cannot be broken. It's not just talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the person. It's talking about you. It's talking about mobilization. As I mobilize throughout this community, how can I do that without the power of the Holy Spirit? Because I'm going to tell you what's going to be stupid. You're going to go to the mall, and you're going to see a, a stranger, and you're going to walk up and go, hi, how you doing? So good to see you. You know, God led me to you. He said, go to pink and black. And I'm here, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but God told me that, um, look for pink and black. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm supposed to look for pink and black. God loves you. Now wait, that's a seed that's planted, but that's not what God called you to do. See what I'm saying? Like You're like, oh, yeah, we got it, man. I'm going out of here. I'm going to lead the mall to Jesus. First of all, you can't lead a mall to Jesus. I'm going to lead the people at the mall to Jesus. Okay? I stormed the castle. No, you didn't. You walked backwards into that place. hope nobody sees me. You didn't wear your Christian shirt. You wore this other shirt because you want to look good. And you want to ask, hey, let me ask you a question. Let me tell you something. There's people that are lost and dying. All they want is the ask. All they're looking for is the ask. I go into, yesterday I was in Lansing, met this wonderful young man that's going through a lot and had so many surgeries and he just wrote this book. I want you to meet him someday. Pastor Jake, I want you to bring him here. What an incredible 24-year-old. What a journey. I couldn't believe it. I was weeping just listening to it. But I blew his mind. Because the waitress came over and I asked her, I said, listen, sweetheart, we've been standing here, sitting here, Iris, and waiting and you waited on us. And our food's about to come out. I pray for my food. That's how I roll. I, I love praying and I love asking because I saw your cooks. One of them came out of the bathroom, didn't even wash his hands. So I just want to tell you that, Iris. I saw that. That's how I roll. This is how I start my conversations. So I pray for my food because it's not that I don't trust the chef or the cook. It's just that I don't trust your chef and cook. I have never been sick one day in my life ever of wrong food, eating wrong, any food, any food poisoning. You know why? Because I pray every single time. So I said, Iris, we're going to pray for our food. Let me ask you a question personally. I know this is probably invasive. They're sitting here. My brother-in-law sitting here. This young man, uh, DJ, sitting here. Never, just met him first time. First time I ever met him in the Ann Arbor area, well, St. Clair Shores area. And so I said to him, uh, her, can we pray for you anything? Like... A job, better job, better pay. So she says, you know, I really have aspirations of being an entrepreneur and I want to start my own business. And in fact, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting ready to leave here. I said, shh, don't say that loud. She said, you know, tears. You know, <laughs> now people are looking. Because they're thinking, what's a little Italian guy just did to her? She starts crying for her sister. Because her sister's about to have a baby and was told there might be complications. And she said, I just want to stand in faith for my sister. See, let me say this to you. 
It's not about you. It's not. I'm about to get mine. I want my education. I'm going to get paid good. Let me tell you something about pay. You'll go to the top. Look at all. Look. I mean, I'm just going to tell you. How many people have been watching Antonio Brown? No, come on. Now, don't lie. He was on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was amazing. Probably the best receiver in the NFL. Had everything going for him. All of a sudden, so cocky. I'm booming. Business booming. Well, business booming. He's not even in the NFL right now because he has allegations of, of molestation and rape of some of his trainers. He had the top of the world, the most money, man. He just left on the table $30 million. In, come on, somebody. So you think you're going to rise above that? You think you're going to get all that? Like, I'm about to get mine. You better be careful how you pray. Because the devil's sitting in that corner going, I'm about to show him what I'm going to give him. And we're going to blame God. God, where were you? Where were you? Why weren't you there in the cancer? Why weren't you there in the sickness? Why weren't you there? And the Holy Spirit says, listen, my friend, if you would just listen to me, I'm the only one that was there. I'm the only one that stood over there. I stood outside the school during the shootings. I stood outside the this, when they went into the bar and they started killing people. I stood outside of the government. I stood outside of the White House. Why? Because they never invited me in. And I say, God, I want to invite you in. Come into my life, God. Come into my life, Holy Spirit. You direct me. And when all of a sudden ministry begins to shift and somebody sees in you the value of you, come on. Dylan, the value of you. It says, I want you. I know the church has you, but I want to raise you more in the church. And you go and you have to trust God. Oh, my gosh. I got to follow this crazy nut guy. And Bogart says, I see something in you. I saw it all along. I told you that years ago. I saw it in you. And you know who elevated you? Not Dylan, because you don't even talk. Come on, I'm being real. Who elevated you was God Almighty. Why? Because he's sowing you a humble spirit. And I'm not trying to brag on you. You go out of here, look at me. Because I, I don't think you will. Are you, is anybody tracking with me? I just want you to get this. I don't care what kind of island you're on. I know it's 828. I know I probably went five or ten minutes past, but I'm just saying, listen, if you're struggling in your spirit and you're looking, it's not time to blame somebody else. It's not time to look around. You can't blame somebody of like, okay, I have a friend. I got a friend. I want you to hear this. I want somebody to hear this because I think you're, some of you aren't getting this. I have a friend that was at a church and he got fired. I served with him. And he got fired from the church. And when he got fired from the church, people that were with us were bitter. They were angry. They were frustrated. Like, how could you let him go? So bitter that they started to lose themselves in their own life and salvation. Because they got bitter at the church. They got, mad, they got mad at pastors. They got mad at this and that. The guy that was fired, what an attitude, though. He said, I deserved it, man. I remember meeting with him before he left. I deserved it. I messed up. That was over 14 years ago. Within those next two years of his life, taking on a journey, cleansing his spirit, he went on a thing called Quest. And he found out who he really was. And today he's in ministry full time, and he's helping rescue those that thought they had it all and were cocky with it. So instead of getting bitter, he got better. But his only regret was this. The people that were hurt because of me getting fired, they're still hurt. And they're still angry. And they're still in pain. And they're mad at God. And they're not releasing it. See, that's on you. 
God says tonight, you're not wrong with saying somebody gets saved tonight because I believe not all of us are saved tonight. And so here's the altar I want to have. I don't need you to run up front. I get saved. I need you to get away from this and get into this word. Because when the word, the Bible says, and the word will set you free. So I want to make a place of altar for the next couple of minutes. As the lights go down and the music starts to play and we begin to sing soft in the background and we'll build it. I just want to ask you to be real. I don't care if you look at somebody else around your table. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't care for the next couple minutes. Listen, what God is doing in this place, Pastor Jake, I cannot believe. I can't. No, I can't. I can believe because I know you. What you have put your hands to the plow to build in here is growing because of friendship and relationship. Our preaching's good. Our encouragement's good. Our style of worship is off the charts. But it's about a relationship. And it would never start with us unless it starts with Jesus. Because man will fail you, woman will fail you. Jobs will fail you, people will fail you, families. Come on now, families will fail you. But Jesus says, you know what? I will never fail you. In fact, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. So if you left me in the corner, you stuck me in the corner of your life, it's okay because I'm still, I'm still praying from you from a distance. I'm still praying from you from a distance. I'm as close as to mention, but you're not mentioning. So I'll stand right here, and I will pray for you from a distance. I will believe in you because I created you. I will encourage you, but you still won't listen. I will empower you, and you'll still walk away. I'll show you that you have been the person for such a time as this, but you will still doubt me. But I'll still be in the corner, and I'll still be fighting for you. Come on, somebody. And Jesus says, I will never, 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 never. I don't care. Listen, my family has faced divorce, separation, cancer, bitterness, anger, running. I'm telling you, man, it's not, we're not free from that. We've had jobs. We've been fired from jobs. We've been, we've been lazy on a job. It's our own doing sometimes, but sometimes it's not. But God says, I'm the judge. Where are you? And the only way to mobilize you is to put you in a strand of three. And it's not just the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's allowing somebody to get close enough that will build you up and move you around your tables and around just even if it's couples two, two, mobilize, mobilize mobilize, look for the least of these look for those that are running so my question is if you're running and you're searching and you're looking tonight is the night to release that Father God when I leave here tonight this is my goal when I leave here tonight I want to lay down my stuff get me out of the way I know that I'm in Christ but oh God, I get it. I want Christ, I want you to be in me. That I can see the sick. I can see the lame. I can see the hurting. Get me out of the way because when you get me out of the way, the blessings come. When you get me out of the way, the glory comes. When you get me out of the way, your presence comes. When you get me out of the way, healing comes. You'll use me, but go right through me. Use me, go right through me. Use me, go right through me. Church, when I say get you out of the way, I'm not talking about don't be doers of the word. I'm talking about get your selfish desires out of the way. 
Get those things you want and start pressing to the things God wants. That's true mobilization. Because you'll never see the person the same again. You'll never see your partner the same again. You'll never see your mom and dad the same again. You'll never see the least of these on the street corners begging for bread again. You'll never see them the, the, again the same. So my question is, if you want prayer, I'm going to ask the leaders. Leaders, would you come? I want you to go shoulder to shoulder across this altar. I don't care if there's one person. I hope there's one person that gets this. I don't care. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm talking about fornication. I'm not talking about adultery. I'm not talking about smoking and drinking. I'm talking about where is your heart tonight? Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Do you still harbor bitterness? Are you still frustrated? Are you like the gentleman that was with me on staff that was fired? You know what? He released it. He said it was me. It was me, man. I had to get me out of the way to find more Jesus. And he's doing more for God now than he ever has. Why? Because he got himself out of the way. I want you to do me a favor. Shoulder to shoulder across this place. I want you to do me a favor. If you want prayer, there you go. Somebody stand up. There you go. Come on. I want you to come, and I want you to find a partner to pray with. I want you to say to them, this is what I got. This is what I'm given. Can you help rescue? I need a rescue right now. I'm throwing out a life jacket. Is there anybody else? Come on, just come. Just come. Oh, come on. You can't all be leaders. Somebody has to come for prayer. Here we go. Here we go. I don't care if it's one or two of you. Come for prayer. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Father. I'm asking you, Father. Here's what I'm going to ask you, too. Those around your table... If somebody around your table has gotten up for prayer, would somebody from your table come and lay hands behind the person that came up for prayer to show them that we are mobilization. We are in effect. We are going to be here for you. We're coming. Because in the move, it could be you. In the move of praying for somebody else, it's okay. It could be you. When I'm praying for somebody else, what you might be saying is, I'm praying for you, but I'm really praying for me too. Come on. Come on. Some of you, your tables should be empty. Anybody else? You got something going on. You're facing something. You're, you're, you're troubled by something. You're, you're having this thing in your life that's a glitch. It's a glitch. Come on, worship. Build that thing. Come on, baby. Get us up in there because I'm telling you. Come on. Jesus. Father God, oh Lord Jesus, come on. Billion different ways. Every precious one, a child you died to save. Come on, come on, come on, give it to the Lord, come on. If you gave your life to love. Oh, I see your heart in different ways. 
Bible says that there will be a day that every tongue confess, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I would rather get my praise on right now so that I solidify my spirit than to have to wait for a day and beg. Now I want you to hear me because I want to give you these last two nuggets and have prayer over you. You keep seeking. Two things we talked about mobilization. Number one is let the Bible be your GPS. You want to look somewhere, you can't look for it in another person, they don't have your same ideals. How many people have ever asked somebody for directions and they're so far off it's crazy? No, really, how many of you have asked your friends, I need help. It's like the other day, watch this, bring it down just a little bit. I'm watching a commercial and this young lady says, hey dad, can you help me something along the lines of where should I put my investment and my money? And the father says something like, you know, I was taught a long time ago of my father that the camel with this biggest hump holds all the gold. Something along those lines. And she was like this. What? But when you ask your friend stuff, that's how it sounds sometimes like, what the heck was that? You know why? Because the spirit is not spirit. It's not. It's not that same spirit. But when spirit is in spirit and you ask somebody for direction, you know what's going to come? Biblical principle. And if it's not biblical principle, I would ignore that advice. Come on, friends. Now I'm not talking about who do I pick for my fantasy football league and who do I date because the other guy probably likes her and it's like, yeah, I wouldn't date her anyways. And then he ends up with her. I'm just saying. It's all into who you're asking. And if you don't have your Bible out and you don't say, let me tell you something, here's, here's what's wrong in culture. Nobody anymore, it's, it's very rare, you guys, this is wonderful what's happened, it's very rare for somebody to say, my Bible is directing everything in my life. That's what it should be, number one. Whether you believe it or not, you're like, I don't know if I believe it. Listen, the testimony after testimony, people have drank it, smoked it, choked it, ran with it, laid with it, and all of a sudden, before you know it, they go to the Word of God and they're like, oh my gosh, it's all right there. Hello? That's why there's an epiphany today. People are coming to Jesus. By the, listen, all over this country as I travel, hordes of people coming to Jesus. You know why? Because they're being told the truth. And the Bible says the truth will set them free. Second thing is, will you let the Holy Spirit be your guide, not your girlfriend, not your boyfriend? Because I hate that. It's like date night. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Come on. Am I lying? Am I telling you the truth? People can't make up their minds, so why do you keep trusting people with your spirit? I don't just trust anybody with my spirit. My first thing is my God. My second thing is my wife. My third thing is my 90-year-old mother in January, 90 years old in January. I go to my mom. Hey, mom, Randy, I was just reading it this morning. It's, I, it's ironic that you called me. And I'm like, no, mom, it's God that I called you. And my mom gives me these wisdom at 90 years old, the nuggets she still puts in my spirit. My dad's been gone 15 years. I buried him from a zero to a hero. Why? Because I showed my dad Jesus. In his Catholic family, I showed my dad Jesus. And then you know what happened? All of his Catholic family came running to us for truth. Tell me the truth because I want to get the kingdom. And so as we buried each one of my aunts and uncles, they're all in kingdom with my dad. Why? Because they came to the right source of Jesus. So if you run with the Bible... 
Let that be your navigation. You mobilize with the Bible and you roll with the Holy Spirit. You will never, I promise you, you will never go wrong. Those of you that feel like you're junk, I want to pray for you tonight. Because you're still here. You're here. Dude, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Will you stop that? I'm trying to introduce you tonight where you're going. Forget what you've been. You don't understand, man. I still don't have. Then talk to somebody. Because there are people in here that will help you get to that place. You've been taught every week on this. Get this. And will you quit being mad at somebody else for your craziness? Well, you couldn't be mad because somebody else got fired. You should have probably been fired. Could you quit being mad and you ruin your life because of somebody's ruining their life? Really? And start rescuing your friends instead of leaving them at the bar. Come on. We are purpose to rescue. We are purpose for Jesus. You are purpose as millennials to show this nation you're not dumb. You're not a waste of time. You're not a mistake. You will rise up and show Jesus when they call you not. Rise up. Look for somebody. Pray for somebody. For goodness sake, ask the question. And watch God heal you. You start asking the question, God will show you him, who he is. Just ask the question. You'll walk away more blessed than the person that you prayed for. And you'll go to the mailbox and you'll find a check. Where'd that come from? Oh, I don't know. God hates you. I'm just, come on. I, I'm not trying to belabor this. I know what time it is. I'm just trying to tell you we're in an altar. You know, an altar is a place of separation. It's a place of divide. Will you take and strip the junk off of you and lay it at the altar? I'm watching you tonight. I was, I was, I was amazed. You're drawing. I think you were doing drawing. You're doodling really cool. And I first said to myself, why is she drawing? And I'm thinking, you know what she's doing? She's listening to the word of God and she's putting expression. That's what God showed me about you. He, she's putting expression on paper. And it's coming out, her love for me and her zeal for me. And then I watched you put the pen down and get your praise on. Because sometimes we have to write and we have to get things out. We have to say, okay, God, strip me, and here I am. That's what God showed me. And I pray that every day, strip me, man, because I'm a nobody, but I am somebody to you. <laughs> I'm a nobody, but I am somebody to my, my Lord and my Savior, my friend. And I want to take you on the journey with us. Get out of you. Let God use you, but get out of you. Quit being in Christ and have Christ in you. Father God, tonight I ask you for your word and I ask you for your Holy Spirit. Guide us through the Bible. Guide us through the word. The book that's been around of every storm, this is amazing, of every storm, of every hurricane, of every tsunami, of everything that's been flooded, everything, they are saying that the one thing they're finding that is not damaged, not ruined, that it's in place, is your word. They're finding more Bibles in homes where there's nothing. It's been decimated, and there are Bibles that are floating. There are Bibles that are not scorched. There are Bibles that are fine. Why? Because your word, your word will sustain our lives. Your word is forever and ever because you are, you are. And because of you are, I will. 
people. I think we sang that. So God, tonight, as I go and I watch and I move, I will. As I see others, as you see others, I will. As you look for those and rescue those, I will. Use me, transform me, renew my mind and my heart so to mobilize me that I can have another brother, another sister, another brother, another sister because there's something about an army of God. When it begins to move, you cannot stop it. And so, Father, create in this the power of this army, creating the power of these people of leadership, creating the power of us that feel like we're nothing. We're nothing. We're drawing on pages. We're trying to get out our insight. God says, keep on drawing, keep on drawing, keep on dancing, keep on dancing, keep on looking because you know what? I'm in the corner. I'm waiting for you to ask me. I'm in the corner. I'm over here. I'm waiting you for a call on me. I'm asking you to come out. Come out of where you are and start to rely on me, the Spirit of God. Look in the Word. Be led by the Spirit. Let the anointing of God change and transform you and watch what He does because that's who your Savior is. In Jesus' name, God.